0: Namaste, Namaskaram, vanakam Namuna Mahajaya Please visit our website at classicalyoga.org and there is a donate button if you'd like to help us out. Today's podcast, Language. Obviously, this is the primal way that we communicate one to another. If not by verbal language, body language, sign language. And it's worthy to think that Language is communication, and communication is community. If we look at the religions of the world, that is essentially that primal urge to gather together. And religion has had a primary role in the development of languages throughout the world. Be that as it may. We could, for the sake of discussion, divide language into basically secular languages, which are the primary languages around the world, and religious languages. Hebrew for example, Sanskrit, these are religious languages, the former of the Jewish religion and the latter of the Hindu religion. So we have language in general, or secular, and we have specific languages. Now for our discussions, obviously we'll be using English for the most part, but since we're a Hindu organization, we'll also be contrasting this with the very specific religious language of Sanskrit, which is by definition the ancient Arya language of the Hindus. Notice a word there that you may not under- fully understand, Arya. That's a Sanskrit Hindu word meaning noble. So here we enter into the understanding of words and their meanings. Bhagarta Vihiva words and their meanings. This was a quote from a Hindu sage, Rishi Kalidasa, who interestingly did not start off his life as a very intelligent person to say the least, but through his own efforts and beseeching Ma, Kali, and Saraswati, he rose to the status of a high intellectual, a Rishi, a realized person as well, spiritually realized, if you will. So we're going to look at words and their meanings, which actually is the science of semantics. Interestingly, this word is often misused to simply mean the casual use of words, where it's quite the opposite. Semantics is the science of word knowledge. So we'll look at semantics, words and their meanings. We'll look at the root words for many words. And then we'll also look at slang. And then we'll look at plagiarism, linguistic theft. So let's go on this, what should be an exciting journey of the community of humans, trying to convey to one another ideas. Always being willing to go from an untruth to a truth, to humbly admit our ignorance as we move to an ever more enlightened, if you will, state of being. Hindus would say, asato ma tamasoma tamaso ma jyotira Language, like life itself, is an evolutionary process. So there is change. Things do evolve, and they may change for the better or the worse, so to speak. In other words, things can evolve or de-evolve, so too with language. So words and their meanings is an evolutionary process. When we enter into slang, we could look at that as a mild de-evolution. And certainly when we have word appropriation, plagiarism, and linguistic theft, then we have a serious de-evolution. So let's begin with words and their meanings, vagarta. Now many words have root words from which they came. For example, the Anglo-Saxon word religio or relegare became the English word religion. And this root word religio originally simply and profoundly meant to bind, to link, to tie. In other words, humans just trying to figure out what binds them, what links them, what ties them together. So we can see a natural evolution into the understanding of religion. But this is important to understand because by its very root definition, all of us are religious in the sense of religio. Are we not trying to understand ourselves and those around us and the world? We're trying to bind, to link, to get our act together, if you will. Now, using the common language of English, religion has become a common general word for various traditions around the world. Now, when it comes to a specific word, we have the Sanskrit word dharma, which has a similar understanding to religio or religare, but obviously this is specifically about a specific religion now. Dharma comes from the Sanskrit root dri, which means to hold, not unlike to bind or to link. In other words, a particular group of people, those from the Indus River Valley, speaking Sanskrit, just trying to figure out, using their language, what holds them together as individuals, as communities, the material world, and beyond that. So too with the Sanskrit-Hindu word yoga, which comes from the root yuj, meaning to yoke, Y-O-K-E. In other words, to join, to link, to bind, to hold things together. But this is a very specific word. Again, this is a Sanskrit-Hindu word. Contrary to the understanding or misunderstanding of yoga today, which is actually falling into the latter category of appropriation, and linguistic theft. But more about that later. So let's first look at words that have basically one meaning. This is called monosemi. Basically the meaning is unambiguous. A few examples are olive, lucrative, siege, abolish, geography. In other words, unambiguous words, but not clear, because clear can also have a dual meaning. Clear can mean something that is easily perceived, or it could refer to a transparent object. When we have words that have multiple meanings, these are called polysemy or homonyms. I like that word because it has a sense of harmony to it. Because words with multiple meanings can be rational and useful. But here is where context is vital. For homonyms can often degenerate into linguistic theft. So let's look at some rational and useful hominous words or polysemy. And remember, context is everything. Address. That could be your street address, or it could be to speaking to someone or to a group. Rose could be a flower or standing up. And look at those four words. Standing. Standing is an act of being erect, or it could be an intellectual or emotional position or attitude. Or Now, obviously, this is different spelling. This is where spelling also comes in. Or can mean either, or it can mean something that you use to propel your boat. Up. Of course, up can be the opposite of down. But it can also mean to increase the intensity of something, turn the volume up. Now, rose as flower... Flower is obviously flora, but it can also be a metaphor for an awakening, an enlightenment, if you will, the flowering of the spirit. Now, polysemy or hom- hominous words can also have antithetical meanings, completely opposite. These are generally called contronyms. For example, fit. Fit can mean being well-appointed, physically fit, for example, or one could throw a fit. Fast is literally to move quickly, or it could be to stop eating food. Mean is very interesting. We're looking at the meanings of words. Mean here means intent, but it also means average, and it can mean the opposite, someone who's nasty. Cleave, C-L-E-A-V-E, can mean to split or divide or also to hold on to. Oversight is to look over something, guard something, or it could be to completely miss the point, miss something. Jerk is to pull strongly on something, for example, or it could be a very nasty person. (laughs) Now here's two words that we could actually play a little bit loose with Take the word nat with a silent g, a gunat, that's a pest. But also, the word nat, or really natty, means quite the opposite. That's a term often used when one is just primly dressed. It's often used in the military, right? Very natty, appropriately dressed. Here's an interesting one the English word rig, which is also a Sanskrit word for the original scripture, the Rig Veda. But if we play a little bit loose with the word rig in English, rig can refer to the rigging on a ship, everything stowed properly, lines all coiled properly, proper rigging. Or in gambling, a game can be rigged or fixed. These are contronyms or opposite meanings. And if we understand the context and make that clear, there can be no problem with these. Now, in many cultures, slang enters into the picture. And here's the definition of slang. Informal language, to be avoided in formal writing, and also exclusive to a group, in order to establish a group identity, which often excludes others. Its first usage was in the 1700s, and it was referring to low or or despicable types. Now slang is is often seen generationally, such as in the hippie generation, far out, heavy. In the beat generation before that, what's your bag, man? Sometimes they can have opposite meanings. Sick becomes good. <laughs> Cool is not cold, but having one's act together. Dope is a very interesting one. That's a drug. It's also a stupid person. And in today's parlance, something cool. The surfing culture epitomizes slang. They have a language all their own. That's so tubular, man. Actually, slang also epitomizes the very religio process of people linking together, group identity. Then finally we come to the de-evolution of language with appropriation, linguistic theft, plagiarism. So here's the definition of plagiarism, which is the attempt to steal and pass off the ideas or words of another as one's own literally to present as new and original an idea or product derived from an existing source. Plagiarism is an act of fraud. And though not considered a crime, it's considered a violation of honor and ethics. It is a hijacking of words and it is agenda-driven and perhaps even severely derogatory. For example, when some take the word Jew and use that to mean somebody who is radically stingy and perhaps a pariah to society. Here's an interesting one. How many know that the Sanskrit Hindu word swastika actually means good fortune, auspiciousness, a good luck symbol, if you will. But it got appropriated into a misunderstanding that this had something to do with Hitler when, in fact, it actually didn't. Though the symbol was there, Hitler never used this Sanskrit word, swastika. He used the word Hakenkreuz which actually means hooked cross and has a Christian understanding. The word swastika was used to put the blame in a sense on the Hindus and take it away from any Christian context. This is a very interesting new discovery. And a prime example of a total appropriation linguistic theft of a beautiful Sanskrit word. So too with Arya, which is wrongly equated with the third right and a race, when in fact this is another Sanskrit Hindu word which simply and profoundly means noble. These are clear examples of linguistic theft, appropriation, and in this case very derogatory meanings, essential plagiarism, a hijacking of words to suit one's ego-driven agenda. Look, for example, at today's misuse, de-evolution of the Sanskrit, Tamil, Hindu word yoga, which literally means yuj, atman, brahman, cha. In English, to yoke, y-o-k-e, to one's atmana, which is the Hindu word for what others might call the soul. So in actuality, this ubiquitous term yoga, which is associated with physical exercise, in essence has absolutely nothing to do with the physical body, but it's all about connecting to the soul body, if you will, atmanah, to the Hindus. And in a real way, those into today's modern yoga movement, if you will, seemingly trying to unite, are doing the exact opposite with this linguistic theft. They're separating people. They're separating the word yoga from its essential meaning. So it's extremely important that, in this case, Hindus take responsibility. They share in the responsibility for the linguistic theft, this appropriation of various Sanskrit, Tamil, Hindu terms and concepts. If we don't stand up People think they have the right to simply take from others. This has been our problem as Hindus. Again, we're not advocating violence. That's why we believe in Ahimsa. But this does not mean that we can't confront and discuss these topics and call out those who would simply and blatantly steal from the Hindu yoga dharma. It's not a coincidence that throughout the ages, Indian, by extension Hindu dharma, and the Hindus, have been stolen from, pilfered from. There is such a thing as being too tolerant, my friends. Speak up. Remember the wisdom of Mahaganapati. Stand up for the Dharma. You're not always going to win. Sometimes you lose and lose big. But we need to stand up and protect the Dharma. And as the cliche goes, the Dharma will protect you. So Hindus need to seriously reflect on the following. Why are Ayurveda, Chakra's Kundalini, a new age thing and not Hindu? Why is karma just anything, but not Hindu? Why is a mantra any repetition, but not Hindu? Why is a pundit merely a politician, not a peruhit? Why are Arya and swastika about an evil race? Why are they not about a holy place? Why is the original homeland now the troubled nation of Pakistan? Why do many make fun of the bindu? Why are many afraid of the word Hindu? This is a primary problem. It's not a foreign word. Hindu, Hindu, same thing. Hindu-Hindu, And why is a guru just anybody? Why is yoga an exercise for money? And the Hindus are not even given credit for the numerals and especially zeros, We Hindus need to look in the mirror for if we continue to capitulate rather than educate, the dharma will only continue to deteriorate. It's a very interesting phenomena that in these times, many are simply appropriating from what is called Hindu dharma or the Hindu religion. And it's been happening, obviously, for a while, which is kind of a wake-up call or should be for Hindus to not be so tolerant. There is such a thing as being too tolerant getting walked all over. So for many, the profoundness of Hinduism is seen as an easy mark. Perhaps on the one hand, many people are simply dissatisfied with their religion of birth or maybe with having no religion at all and they see much profundity within Hinduism, yet they don't want to make the conscious recognition that this is all about the Hindu dharma because that obviously would entail commitment and honesty, it's much easier to steal something and reconvert it to one's own agenda, which is what's happened in today's modern yoga movement. Actually, using the slang term for the English word hot, we could say, rightly, that all of today's modern yoga is hot yoga, meaning stolen. Of course, theft is a quick means to an end. Enter the absurd 200-hour yoga certifications where it takes actually decades of study and commitment for most anything in life, but certainly in the religions of the world. And certainly when it comes to the Hindu yoga dharma, it takes tremendous commitment and intense in-depth study in order to become proficient enough to ever enter- entertain the idea of teaching. The get-it-quick mentality, appropriation, linguistic theft, they all go hand-in-hand. Hand. Again, reminding ourselves of the profound definition of plagiarism. To steal and pass off the ideas or words of another as one's own. Kino yoga, <laughs> Adrian's yoga. Literally, trying to present as new and original an idea or product derived from an existing source. Plagiarism is an act of fraud, not a crime, but considered a violation of honor and ethics. And interestingly, in the yoga philosophy, the yoga darshana that is often paid lip service to by those in the modern yoga movement, the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali, who wrote this classic work on Yoga, which was already existing within the Hindu dharma, this is the very life of the Hindu, of yoga, to yoke to one's soul and soul source, or Atman and Brahman, when Brahman is not God. This is another important thing. God is an anthropomorphic deity and refers to a one male creator being. Whereas Brahman is the neuter term for the greater forces of the individual soul of love and light and energy, Jyoti, Shakti, Ananda, Shanti. This is all the in-depth understanding of the Hindu yoga dharma. So in the Hindu dharma, we have many, many scriptures, not just one, and we really don't need the scriptures. I mean, they're there for our benefit, but they're not absolutely mandatory. But we also have various philosophies, six to be exact, one of which is the yoga darshana, which again is alluded to, but really taken apart and with agenda-driven motives to Make it something other than what it is. In this Yoga Darshana, the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali says specifically Sabdana Vastu Sunyo Vikalpaha Delusion Vikalpa arises Anupati when one takes word knowledge sabana, devoid sunyo, which is also the zero, which Hindus invented, remember. Devoid sunyo of facts vastuanupati vastu sunyo vikalpaha. So the questions become for all of us, are we going to live in a delusional state? Are we going to perpetuate a delusion? Or are we going to seek to go beyond this? linguistic theft, the appropriation of the ideas of others without giving credit, plagiarism. Are we going to violate honor and ethics or are we going to strive to be honorable and ethical individuals? It starts with our thoughts and then the words that come out of those thoughts. Why not seek a meaningful life rather than a mean life? Why not a harmonious marriage of our thoughts and ideas, our beliefs, our actions and our attitudes? As Rishi Kalidas continued, Vagartha Vihiva Sampritao, words and their meanings are ever united like a marriage. Do we want to be part of the divorce culture? Remember, that's antithetical to the very meaning of the Sanskrit Hindu word yoga, yuj, to yoke, to unite to one's atmana, that inner essence of love, light, and energy of all of us. So enjoy community, communication, language. You may find very interesting our podcast on the use of the F word, for truly language is degenerating into a mindless use of what were typically curse words, foul words. And all one has to do is just stop and think for a moment that all of those words that are considered curse words They're all coming, if you have an understanding of Hinduism, from the Muladhara and Svarasthana chakra, the first and second chakra, or in general, these words are coming from our anus and our genitals. Can we not think a bit higher? So in that vein, let's consider a popular greeting today. What's up? Now, if you've found these podcasts and many of our others to be of use to you, please consider helping us out. You can go to our website at classicalyoga.org, and there's a donate button, and there's email and phone number if you need to use Zelle or some other means, so we can use your help. But here, regardless, thank you. And remember, we're all in this together. So have a wonderful day, and as Hindus would say, peace, 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 Om Shanti Shanti. But remember, peace is not merely the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice.